I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player, national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Brooks Childress with you here on this Tuesday afternoon as we go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. And we now welcome on Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Justin, as always, the time is greatly appreciated. How are you this afternoon? I'm all right. How are you? Doing very well. Doing much better after that Braves game last night. I have to ask you about that towards the end of our conversation. Uh, But we'll start off here with Auburn and LSU week and Obviously, Auburn having the bye last weekend. Uh, and one of the things that each team tries to do on the bye is try to get healthier. What are some of the, the injury updates for the Tigers here moving forward? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they do have a long-term injury coming out of that bye week. Um, and that is Masai Nasilakite. It's going to be out for the season with a torn bicep. Uh, big blow for Auburn. Guy who's played a lot of football. Played a lot of football this season after transferring from Maryland. It's going to be on Keldrick Fox to step up uh, and, and you know kind of move into that starting role. He's played really well this year. Wrote about it on Monday at the Observer. Um, he's a guy who probably needed more playing time anyway, and uh, now he's going to get it you know by necessity uh, here with Auburn facing uh, LSU this weekend. I would also expect to see Zachavius Walker play a little bit more at defensive end. Uh, we talked to Jalen Simpson today. Um, you know he came out of that Georgia game in the fourth quarter and um, was banged up. You know, made a big difference in Georgia, able to pull up that out that win. Um, but Simpson says he's fine, uh, should be able to go this week. Um, got some other guys that are a little banged up, uh, wide receiver wise. You got Malcolm Johnson Jr. Um, you know, dealing dealing with uh, you know, some injuries, some others. Um, you know, for Auburn, Demari Austin's doubtful right now. Um, you know, Free said they would try to get him back before either the LSU game or the Ole Miss game. So we'll keep an eye on that this week um, and see, you know, if Auburn could have him back uh, either this week uh, when they go down to Baton Rouge. So, you know, team's still banged up. Um, defense has lost now three starters to long-term injuries at all three levels with Nasila Kite, Austin Keys, Keontae Scott. So, um, you know, it's just next man up. Um, they did those minor injuries. I think the time is going to help. But, uh, you know, you did pick up another big one with – Nasir Kite out for the season. And, and Justin, with that defense, as you alluded to, already missing some starters, obviously pro- probably their greatest challenge of the year, uh, or at least one of them, maybe Ole Miss will be on the same playing field the next week. But Jaden Daniels is one of the country's leaders in total offense. What makes him so good? Yeah, so he's just played a lot of football. He's a really good goal for a quarterback. Great at getting out of the pocket. Um, you know, Good at making, making things happen when stuff breaks down. He's got elite receivers, too. I mean, um, the league neighbors and those guys are, are fantastic. Auburn's going to have their hands full in this game. Um, and, you know, for Auburn's defense, I think you come into this game thinking, hey, we just need to hold them to some field goals. Um, if they start stacking sevens on you, you're in trouble. But if you can hold them to threes um, a little more often, then you feel like you might be in a, uh, in a much better spot. I think the good news for Auburn's defense is that they have played pretty solidly this year against some good competition, um, made some stops, had some runs where they've played pretty well. You know, the defense is kind of top 40 in the country right now in a lot of categories. Um, that's solid, and they're going to need that on, on Saturday. Those guys are going to have to step up and play well. Um, but, you know, the LSU, why is LSU so good on offense? they got a really talented, experienced dual-third quarterback in Jaden Daniels, and uh, they got some, you know, as always, LSU's just got insane receiver talent. Justin, 
shifting to the offensive side of the ball, you, you look at you know one of the standout performances, even though it was a loss to Georgia a couple weeks ago, was Peyton Thorne looked a little bit better in this offense, looked a little better at quarterback. What is something that you're looking for him to keep improving on as we hit the second half of the season? Yeah, can Auburn find ways to get him some easier throws, and, and, and you know, just can he be confident in his, his opportunities? Um, you look at the Georgia game, ten and nineteen uh, passing of those nine incompletions, six of them were balls that went to the receivers. They weren't misses, you know, they weren't misfires or anything like that. So, you know, I think he could have had a much better day. You know, haul in a few of those passes, take away a couple of those drops. You know, you feel like, um, you know, it could have been a big step forward for him against an awesome Georgia defense. The thing is, LSU's defense is playing pretty poorly right now. Uh, this is one of the worst defenses in the country this year on a per-play basis, both on the ground and through the air. Um, but the thing about LSU that, you know, people need to keep in mind is that Auburn's got to be able to throw the ball. Like, even though LSU is not very good at, at stopping the run, it, you know, they're, the most of their talent on defense is up front. Uh, Harold Perkins, Mason Smith, guys like that. If, if Auburn comes into that game and is one-dimensional, um, you know, they're talented enough to just really limit Auburn on the ground. So they've got to have Peyton Thorne make some plays and, you know, be confident in his throws, have the receivers step up, make catches, make plays, because – the last three weeks, um, you know, the, over the last three weeks, LSU has allowed over a thousand yards passing to their last three opponents combined. Um, Auburn, I mean, if, if you can't throw the ball, I'm not saying they're going to throw 300 on LSU because that would be a huge step forward. But if they can't find some success through the air against LSU this weekend, then it could be a long second half of the year because um, LSU just looks like a team that's kind of lost on the back end looking for answers. Teams that have not been great this season throwing the ball all told, like I think of Arkansas a few weeks ago, have been able to make some big plays downfield. Um, you got to do that. Your quarterback's got to make those plays. And Justin, uh, Hugh Freeze was asked about this uh, yesterday, but he, he kind of gave a, a non-answer, really. He didn't want to get into the specifics about the game plan, so I'll ask you. When you look at this LSU team, you've got the, the quarterback there uh, in Jaden Daniels. How do you game plan for that? Yeah, I mean, you just try to you know keep them in the pocket as much as possible. You got to be, you got to got to keep contained. You got your linebackers have got to be really good at spying and and, and running and hitting. Um, you can't lose them. I mean, you just cannot lose them. You got to have, got to be able to mirror them. Um, you know, you might not be able to sack them a lot. You might not even be able to pressure them a ton. But keep them in the pocket. You know, um, he's a good quarterback. Like if you, you know, if you make him sit back there and throw the ball, he can still make plays and he's going to get his. But he's a lot more dangerous when he's. You know, breaking out on the move, um, scrambling, improvising, you know, doing that kind of stuff because he's just a really, really talented player uh, on the ground and through the air. So, you know, Auburn would love to make him kind of one-dimensional in the fa- in the face of just limit his rushing ability as much as possible, especially on scrambles. You know, design runs they're going to try to get him in that. You're going to have to play well there. But I think when you know you get the snap and you, and and you know it's a pass play, make sure that. He, you know, isn't given a lot of room to kind of roam around um, for Auburn. So, lots going to be on that that defensive line to step up uh, and and keep contained. You know, be um, you know be be really uh, strict about their alignment and their uh, you know containment there. But also, I think this has got to be a big game for Auburn's linebackers. Got to be a big game for guys like Eugene Asante and Larry Nixon. Like you got to you got to run and hit him and, and bring him down when you can. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be tough on that group for sure. Saturday night, Auburn's going to be in one of the most intimidating atmospheres in the SEC. Justin, what are your thoughts on the the new fad that is pumping noise into your practices to get ready for it? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so funny how much that's kind of been a thing this week. Hey, how are you going to get ready for LSU? Well, they've already been to Texas A&M this year, and like you know, a lot of these guys have played big time football in the past. Um, you know, a big big environment. So I don't think the team's going to be shell shocked by the noise. Um, but you got to prepare for it, and you got to have a good plan. And you know, I think the, the off week was just a really good time for Auburn because when you look at how talented LSU's offense is, and you look at how susceptible LSU's defense is. Having some extra time to prepare for these guys specifically, I think it's going to be a good thing in the long run for Auburn. Um, but it'll be tough. I mean, you know, LSU's a double-digit favorite for a reason. Um, but, you know, for Auburn, it's like can you go down there, play like you did with Georgia a couple weeks ago. Can you go down there, make it a four-quarter game competitive, uh, and see if you can pull it out at the end? Because I think if they're in there tight with LSU down the stretch, they've got the ability to win this game um, just because I'm just not sold on this LSU defense at all. Now, Justin, when we're talking about how Auburn can find a way to successfully pass the ball against the P5 opponent, what what does that look like? Because obviously LSU has been susceptible to just about anything and everything defensively so far. Does that look like for, uh, first down play action passing? Is it deep shots? If it, is it the safe stuff? What, what can Auburn try to take advantage of specifically in the passing game? Yeah, I think you got to throw it downfield on them. Uh, when I look at LSU, I see a lot of breakdowns. I see a lot of busted coverages. Um, you know, I think, you know, don't want to down these guys too, too much because they're college football players. They're, they're trying their hardest out there. But uh, LSU's best cornerback this year was playing at Southeastern Louisiana last year. And that's just kind of – it's not the same level. Like, when you think of, like, Derek Stingley and some of those guys that have been hit there recently and obviously further back with, like, Tyree Matthews and Patrick Peterson and that, like – to see a place like LSU, a DBU, um, you know, candidate have this many struggles on the back end is pretty telling. And I think for Auburn, it's, you know, I think Auburn should throw on early downs more often. Um, you know, I think they, they can they can make those third downs a little bit more manageable for themselves if they start some drives with passes. But you do know they're going to come in there. And they're, they're, Auburn's going to want to run the ball in this game. Because if you run the ball, you work the clock, you keep the ball out of the hands of LSU's offense, play complimentary football, that's Auburn's best chance to come out of there with a win. Um, but I do think when I look at this, this LSU team, um, I see breakdowns. I see you know guys not being in the right position. I see you know just misses um, back there. So um, it shouldn't just be all dink and duck. Um, I think Auburn, you know, Peyton Thorne, he, with his struggles this season, and they haven't done this a ton, but if you look at him statistically, Peyton Thorne's biggest asset is still being able to throw the deep ball. And I think they're going to have to – stretch the field and let them turn it loose a little bit. You look at the A&M game and you look at the Georgia game, one of the big differences uh, for Auburn in, in that game was the depth of target. The, you know, the, the, the dot of um, Peyton Thorne's throws. Like, he did stretch the field a little bit more against Georgia than he did against A&M. I think they're going to have to do that again against LSU. Can't just, can't just go side to side. I mean, you, can, you can be aggressive and go after this defense, I think. Uh, you know, and a lot has been made about that secondary, but looking at LSU up front and uh, obviously with Auburn at the offensive line, is, do you feel like that offensive line is going to be able to protect enough for those abilities to take those shots downfield? I, you know, I think they're I think they're doing a better job of keeping them, you know, protected. Um, obviously, they're, they're, this, this, this offensive line has been a lot better run blocking this season. They have taken a real step forward in the run blocking. Pass protecting? Mixed bag. I don't think all the sacks are on those guys. You know, I think some of the sacks are on the quarterback. I think some of the sacks, as Free said yesterday, are on the coaches not not getting it prepared correctly and not having the right answers uh, for those kind of pressures. LSU is going to try to move some guys around and and get after them. Um, they do have a really talented interior line, um, you know. And then obviously Harold Perkins is just 
when they play him in the right spots, Harold Perkins can be one of the best players in the country. Um, so I, you know, I think Auburn, you know, I can see Auburn doing a lot of outside runs, you know, using their quarterbacks and doing that stuff. But yeah, they, they're going to have to hold up in protection because you have a game plan right there. I mean, how many times have we seen A&M and Georgia these last couple of weeks that Auburn's played get free rushers? And so Auburn hasn't really shown how to counter that yet. They better have, you know, worked on that and found ways to, to get rid of it because I'm sure as much as LSU struggling and like Free said yesterday, like, LSU kind of ran two totally different game plans against Ole Miss and Missouri on defense. Um, they're searching for answers. They're going to try to throw anything at Auburn and see what sticks. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to watch the Georgia and A&M film and say, hey, this is how you get after Auburn. So Auburn's got to be able to have those counters. Uh, and that week off should have helped them in that. Talking to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer today on Sports Call. Justin, uh, let's, let's talk Braves for just a moment. I know you were – able to go to game one game two was looking a lot like game one until the the latter innings there talk about the the difference a couple of innings makes and 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 you're just all your braves thoughts right now yeah no i mean it was it was impressive because i mean yeah i spent the first five innings of that game thinking like man they did you know you should have gotten them in game one zach wheeler was just making a ton of awesome pitches braves just kind of looked kind of lifeless and they kept chipping away and uh, i think when you have a lineup I mean, Travis Darno is not even your everyday catcher, and he hits a clutch home run. Um, you know, you, you get big plays from several different guys in the lineup. Austin Riley with two strikes um, hits one out in the eighth. Like, you know, um, this team's so talented and, and, and deep that, like, you know, it's eventually going to work. Like, I didn't, you know, as, as bad as it looked uh, for most of that game last night, it, you just kind of had it in the back of your head that it was like, okay, exactly there can't be perfect forever. And, you know, that, that, uh, that Phillies bullpen may give them some opportunities, and sure enough, they did. Um, and so, I think that was one of those things where, like, look, it's just one game. You know, a lot of the problems we saw in Game One and Game Two, like, still happen; they still exist. But the way Atlanta came back, you know, to hit a go-ahead home run, you know, down to four outs uh, left, um, and then to have probably the craziest double play you'll ever see to end that game, and just the the emotion and the excitement, and just kind of rip, just ripping that game away from the Phillies. Um, it changes the tone, right? You know, it, you know the Atlanta still struggled uh, for most of these these first couple games, but it's one one, and so you go to Philly knowing that you need to take at least one of them, and you could you know have Game Five back in um, back in Atlanta if you need it. Um, but I do I, I want to see tomorrow. Is you know should give you a, give you a lift because this team was this team looked dead like they looked dead for most of these these first two games, and then they pulled it out of nowhere. And I just think emotionally that can be such a lift for this team. And I'm looking forward to see how they respond, um, you know, tomorrow. And maybe they can jump on Aaron Nola a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, the Braves did get that win. But I, I actually uh, talked to you on Twitter a little bit about it last night. But uh, And now the Dodgers are in this situation. But we mentioned the long break uh, between uh, having to wait on the wild card series. You know, are the Braves feeling the effects of that? Are the Dodgers feeling the effects of that? You know, how big of a thing is it to have to sit there for – really a week waiting to finally play another game. Yeah, no, I think it's huge. I mean, think about it. Like the Orioles had one of the best seasons. Yeah, they're they're on the verge of elimination tonight. I know the Astros split that opening two games against the the Rangers, but, yeah, the break doesn't help. Because baseball is such a unique sport. I mean, once you go back, go back all the way to, like, March. I mean, you're playing pretty much every day or every, you know, most every day for months and months and months. And the layoff, like, it's a sport where – 
breaks don't necessarily help you as much. Somebody pointed out to me on Twitter uh, that I had probably kind of forgotten. Uh, remember, Atlanta won one of only one of their next four coming out of the All Star break this year, yeah. and they were the hottest team in baseball. So, like, the break just does not seem to help. I get why you know find a way to get more teams in the playoffs. Um, you know, reward a team for you know doing well. I, it makes sense in theory. But this isn't football, like, and this isn't basketball either. Like, this is a sport that, like, you 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 get. It's all about rhythm and routine and groove, and guys are out of it. And so, yeah, I mean, like, I'm shocked that the Diamondbacks have been able to do what they've done against the Dodgers. But then again, like, the Dodgers had a long layoff, so it'll be very interesting to see how, how they how they recover. I, I would, you know, I, I, I hope the Braves are able to overcome it. Um, but I am not really shocked that uh, that the Orioles are in the position they are. And, you know, the Dodgers might find themselves in the same spot tomorrow. He's Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer joining us today on Sports Call. Yeah. Ferg, what do we have going on uh, with the Observer this week? Uh, we've got, uh, you know, Sori uh, came out today on Auburn's uh, offense, um, you know, and just, just trying to find some sort of passing game against, uh, you know, LSU. Uh, yesterday I wrote a story on Brian Batie and um, Cover Falkwell. I think those are the biggest guys to watch coming out of the off week. Tomorrow i got a story on Auburn's defense. Got 13 for 13. Might have some basketball later this week. Mailbag, previewing the LSU game. So, ton of stuff for the Observer. Uh, it's a great time to sign up. AuburnObserver.com, $6 a month, $60 a year. We email everything out to you. And uh, we've got a ton of stuff coming here over the next few weeks. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer today on Sports Call Ferg. As always, the time's greatly appreciated. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you, guys.